Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Keynote. Hey, I've run out of things. You gotta, I got to give you a name, a nickname. I have plenty of nicknames. You've used about seven of them already. <laughs> yeah, but I'm bored. <laughs> I thought we'd be doing this okay, for we'll five shows. Later. The, uh, the fan mail continues for you. Really? People, people like our banter. You know, I like fan mail. You should forward them to me. I do forward them to you. Really? Well, they're generally about how great I am. I know. But you always say, thanks, Howard. The, uh, so it's, fr- <laughs> it's Friday, COVID-free. Well, I don't know. I'm wearing a mask at this point. I wore a mask today hiking. Really? Yeah. No one looked at me funny. Uh, by the way, I said this. If I'd known how good I looked in a mask, I would have worn one through college. <laughs> Much sooner, yeah. Uh, the chicks dig- I mean, there's a mystery. <laughs> not really. He's Who bare. is that The mask forehead's man? not horrible. They wouldn't have seen the nose and the mole until like third date. You remember that ad from way back when? So know your motors. Who hey, is that Can you imagine all the girls man? in college going, you know what? It was, he fooled me. I had good hair, nice little forehead. And then he took off his mask and he has a big honker and a mole. So I would have gotten a lot further in college with a mask. So kids, if you're insecure, wear a fucking mask. You know, it's like uh, Cyrano de Bergerac. Great advice. So uh, if the one good thing comes out of this, the silver lining, as they say, uh, a lot of ugly guys will be getting more dates. Take it from me. That should be how they should market mass. Okay. Uh, we have uh, a special interesting panic episode today with a marketing guru, marketing legend, many Clio words. Not that you don't have Clios, so they must give them out to anybody. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> no, I mean, people just like call into the, uh, or email me, how the fuck do you find, can I, how much you paying them? What did I, you say? I, I say 30, 40 K a month so they don't steal you. Oh, okay. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm not an idiot. I'm stupid, but I'm not an idiot. So uh, in honor of, of a marketing legend who appreciates good branding. We're going to go with Manscaped today. Nothing fintech, nothing geeky. He's going to geek out on, you got even questions for him because you're a marketing guru. You're your own good. media firm. I'll ask him some questions. Sure. Okay. So uh, Moses is coming on to save us. I think the world's really changing coming out of this customer acquisition. You know, it's all fun and games of Facebook, but I think in a new world, uh, obviously digital will still work, but I think in a new world, you're going to have to be, be extra creative on uh, the brand and marketing side. So, um, and lean and create, and, uh, so he may have some ideas for us. Hi, this is Knut. Just a quick message at the end here. Uh, as we all know, COVID related supplies are so hard to find these days, not just for regular people, but also for the big buyers. Even state governments can't get their hands on PPE supplies, mostly because the federal government is outbidding them. I mean, that's crazy, right? Through my best buddy Stein back in Norway, I know of a large Chinese supplier of FDA-approved PPE gear that's ready to supply big quantities. So if you know someone or know of someone at the state level in need of critical PPE supplies, please have them email me at this address, covid.stein at gmail.com. That's C-O-V-I-D dot S-T-E-I-N at gmail.com. And I'll give him the contact info and list of available supplies. Just so you guys know, Panic with Friends is not making any money from this. This is purely a way for us to help put people in contact with each other. It's social leveraging at its best. Uh, today's show brought to you by Manscaped, one of our portfolio companies. They wrote me uh, some content for you, Canute. I want you to take a second and look down. When was the last time you shaved your junk? It's been a while. Don't lie. Manscaped holds you accountable to get rid of the funk and to shave your junk. Grooming is essential. But I know that a lot of you are hesitant. You're afraid you may cut yourself, which is understandable. That's why this revolutionary company has redesigned the electric trimmer. Lawnmower 3.0 features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents so this trimmer won't nick or snag your skin. Take my advice. Go to manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Try the Lawnmower 3. By the way, use social leverage. Get a 20% discount and free shipping. And every time you shave your balls, you go, huh? Howie, Canute. That's what people <laughs> will think when they shave their balls. Oh, my God. Oh Poor my people. God. Poor people. Maybe don't use our Should name. Should I call Louie? Let's call Louie. 
Ditch this. <laughs> no one snubbed us that much. <laughs> Hello, this is Louie. I love the mood. A 20 ringer. <laughs> and that was ice. That was like ice cold, what you just did. That's a total marketing move. Oh, well, that's what I do. You just didn't answer. For 20 rings. That's a record. Oh, wow. <laughs> you got your own style. <laughs> I don't like that. That'll teach me to put my Listen, phone down on my desk. If you're calling a guy named Moses, it's up to Moses to pick up. It's not about us. Moses didn't rush to yeah, pick up the phone. Yeah, that's why he had that stick. He could slowly walk with the stick. The stick was a reminder once he did see you, as they tap you, go, I'm Moses, fucker. Just remember that. Right. So how does a guy get a name original, like Moses? The original lights, lightsaber. The what? original lights. Good point. The original. You think Star Wars thought of that when they were doing uh, lightsaber? The stick? I, and, I, give them, I give them credit for a lot of things, yeah. Then between Star Wars and The Simpsons, you can really... Figure out everything in the life. history of in the future. It's true. Right. The Simpsons has gotten so much right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's scary sometimes the clips that you see. Like three go, years oh, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Three years earlier. Right. President Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Black Mirror, too. Yeah, no Are you kidding. a Black Mirror fan? Mm, I don't. I don't. I don't. Is that a show on Netflix? Yeah. Netflix. It's kind of prediction. It's kind of like a future. It predicts a lot of the future stuff. Really no, cool. I haven't seen it. Very, very interesting show. They're not all great, but I, I highly recommend it. The um, so thanks for picking up. You're in Phoenix, but we're we're co we're we're six feet plus apart. Yes, we're 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 far apart. I come down to the office just because that's my social distancing. It's it's um, easier than being in my house. It seems like there's nonstop traffic in my house. So coming down coming down here works great. Are you in Arcadia? Where are you? Yeah, I live in uh, 68th Street in in Exeter. Um, but my office is downtown. We're in an old warehouse downtown. Yeah. So uh, why don't you take your time and, and give us a long background, what you're doing today, and, and then some history for my audience. Okay. The agency was founded in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. And we had this idea that if we created this environment for ideas to happen, we could always sell our product. And coming from agency side, creative director side, I realized how solving problems creatively was really that was that was our capital. That's what that's really what drove us. And so, 30 years later, you know, up the ups and downs that agencies have gone through by sticking and focusing primarily on we're an idea factory. You're hiring us for creative on demand. It's not just when we feel like it. It's like 24/7. We're coming up with ideas. That that would get us through the good times and the bad times. And Interestingly enough, this is the third or fourth downturn, but I think it's the fourth one, if you add 9-11, where marketing, I believe, was one of the, one of the valuable tools to get people out of it. And oh, that's why I wanted you on. I mean, even though we don't know each other that well, we live in the same city and you're a legend in Phoenix, and obviously I'm a legend, so you put two legends together. <laughs> they don't need to know. It's like, it's like Jordan and, uh, and they don't have to be best friends. They're just, that's right. Just mutual respect. <laughs> So you exactly. basically cold emailed me a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, what the hell is this legend emailing me? So what was it about uh, our brand that interested you? Well, your brand specifically is, is tied to, I, I say, pop culture, even though that might sound frivolous. Mm -hmm. I think that the more we understand, uh, marketers understand how consumers, um, you know, purchase things it's, it's you know consumers always motivated by their emotions first and when you're talking about emotion emotional um, messaging that's where we really we really um can can solve some problems and it doesn't seem like that would come from you know a wacky idea but a lot of times the way you know very well the way that you look at something 180 degrees differently that's when all of a sudden it, it falls into place and you get you get your ideas yeah unfortunately i got a lot of ideas i'm a terrible marketer Canute obviously understands let's look how fast you pulled this show together it, it's a lesson this podcast is even a lesson in life is like it's pulled so many new people in my network in and and it's like you know i was into blogging and tweeting and you tweet tweeting's kind of like an art you're trying to get the words right uh to go viral but then the stuff that goes viral really isn't connected to your brand anyways because you can't recreate it and so it's kind of like this false rush of you know, a rat race, whereas the 
the relentless pursuit of just being yourself, I feel, I know it's hard to teach a young person that because they're like, fuck, that'll take 20 years. But like the, the relentless pursuit of just being yourself is the best way that I've, you know, now looking back, I wish I'd just kept doing that. I wish I had a blog 30 years ago. You know? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that looking at how do we react to this crazy pandemic um, is going to come back down to some kind of comfort, some kind of um, authenticity. I mean, authenticity is really critical in these times because the public is looking for a scapegoat. They're mad. They, they want to point fingers and you don't want to be the you don't want to be the brand that waves and says, hey, 50% off everything. I mean, that that is tone deaf. So these times really require us to be as authentic and original with with um, with our clients as possible. So you think that's why, even though I'm doing no, nothing different, like uh, my everything spiked for me? Well, I'll tell you, when we first met and I, I read a couple of your blogs and then I started listening to the podcast, I realized that it's a financial financially based concept, but it totally, I can totally relate to most everything you're saying. And I think that's more the tone that you take, which is really approachable. It's kind, it's, you know, and it's a little snarky. So you put all those things together and the snark gets balanced out by the humility. Yeah. I was shooting for irreverence, not snark. (laughs) So obviously I'm off brand. What the fuck can you, why are you letting me go off brand? (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping for clever and uh, irreverent. I got to rein in that man. Oh my lord! I'm, I'm, we'll, I'm do a, we'll do a we'll do a brand we'll do a Let's brand this. session. Yeah, we're gonna. Do, I can't wait to do the brand. I mean, there's so much I'm gonna learn from you. I'm like so excited to uh, because I think when you I met you the first time. First of all, I was like emailed you right back. Like I, you know, I'm an email guy, but I'm like, what the hell is this idiot emailing me for? Uh, <laughs> I go, uh, and I thought it was maybe your son or somebody who worked for you. And uh, so I emailed you right back and, and then we met and I was like, man, I've been thinking about this. There's accelerators, there's all this shit and no one's teaching these kids to get the right domain, build, get the right colors, get the right brand, including me. I was telling you my stories. It's like, fuck, you're in such a rush because it's all about speed in the digital age. And no one takes the time, very few take the time, including Facebook and Amazon back in the day, if you look at their original stuff, to just, like, what is this really meant to be? And I think that they're learning from social media about this instant gratification, likes, shares, follows, blah, 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 blah. And they're, they're getting this false sense of, of accomplishment. And it's, it's very, very difficult for a creative person to not slip into curating instead of creating. And if you're curating and you're just collecting all this other stuff, you're not creating, you know, creating versus curating. I'm writing that down. Hang on. So, so right. So I live, if I could just create, like this has been the great, I mean, it's very, I'm very selfish, but this has been the greatest month off for me because I'm creative fucking bag 40 shows canoe like every, you know we're like making our own theme songs we're bantering uh i don't care about my You're having I'm just, guests <laughs> i'm having guests like the sounds good like we're like being particular about how we do this and we're not thinking about the numbers of it and we're not thinking about advertising we're just like focused on being ourselves and getting the tone right so it's all about creative not even, you know, there is some curation, meaning I'm trying to pick the right guests that I can have conversations with. I don't just don't want to have like a, uh, a radio show or like guys promoting their book. I'm trying to find people I can have great conversations with mutual respect. And so I think that's catching on, but I do think you have to do both. And I think too many people are focusing on, on, uh, out, like just bang, 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 and curation, trying to be curators, and they and they haven't stepped back to thought about creativity. So, what do you think there? I, I agree, and I think that the curation part quenches their thirst for creativity. So, there's 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 a bunch of creative people out there on the fence, and they've been curating for so long, they've actually fooled themselves to think they're creating. So, their their quench is is filled, and they move on to something else. And I think that's why social media is so repetitious and so me too. And so, yeah, so like it, yoga, it's like, Oh, pose, yeah, pose, pose. Yeah. And it, and it yeah, works it, for, at some yeah. level. Right. But and no, how does it happen that five, a, I wake up at 5am, I look at my phone and there's already five or six people sending me the same meme that they uh, think, Oh, you'll think this is funny. Well, I mean, I think that that's uh, a snapshot of where we're at. Like some five different people wanted to make me smile with a stupid meme. It all happened before 5am. That, that to me is crazy. It gets really noisy, doesn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a lot of noise in that sphere. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And one of the things we keep telling our clients with this, the situation that's going on is don't make it about yourself. Well, I think that's where the machines fucked it up. Like people are so scared and they like so excited to have like, oh, Twitter's a mess and you know, you need to organize. And I'm like, no, once they started organizing it, like Facebook did, you end up with everybody, like you said, 5 a.m. seeing the same thing, thinking they're seeing something different instead of what made Twitter great at the beginning is when you opened up your phone, which is now how I use my, finally Twitter has allowed me to just have a regular timeline. I want to open my phone and just be like, I don't want to see the news. I want to see some random out of context comment from a comedian or a friend that that isn't going to get shamed by the media because there's no, shouldn't be context. It should be a stream of, to be creative, you got to have a stream of thought and Twitter had that and then tried to be Facebook and um, and what well, you, you know, the other th- the, what you end up ahead. with is everybody seeing the same thing, right? And and I I would say that um, because social media is given everyone this instant gratification, it seems like an answer. It seems like okay, if if we just you know if we just keep reposting things or we have you know someone who does have an original shot a thought and then share it a thousand times that I'm doing my part and you know now I'll get back to watching Netflix. So true. So, so it sounds like you're pissed at social media and no, I'm kidding. So, uh, so, so, so it's obviously changed all our businesses. So how, so let's go back. And so, so your firm is called, let's just go back and talk about the firm. Moses. Yep. It's my last name. Mm-hmm. Although people, people thought we came up with that because of parting the Red Sea, but it works so well. That, it does that, work well. <laughs> I may, I and may and, and it caught your eye. Yeah. <laughs> you can be Moses. I may be Howie Jehovah. <laughs> what do you think? That's too many syllables. That's, I think that's too many syllables. Okay. It's hard to find a URL with that. And so, uh, what's the size of the firm today? The size you of the firm. You kind of are, are like me, late in the in in the career. Yes, yes, but but the where I get my juice is still having the create the young creative people in their twenties um, kind of work and realize that creativity is more than just you know a crazy meme. And what what's missing in the young people that I try to instill and why, why we have a creative environment is that you got to give things time to tinker with them. Ooh. Create creativity is really, really about rewriting, not just writing. Absolutely. And, and time tinkering, tinkering with things. I already got two great ones. This is better than every guest I've had. We've got <laughs> in the time. over curation and we got time for tinkering. Like who doesn't like yeah. to, t- you're a fucking, you've tinkered for 40 years, Canute. That's all I've done. Yeah. And you, well, you come too. up with an idea and you, <laughs> you, yeah. And you mess around, you tinker. And I don't mean in the garage working on the, the toaster. I'm literally talking about rewriting, rewriting, rewriting. Absolutely. And sometimes just bouncing things off of strangers. I've asked, you know, a kid at the subway, um, you know, what he thought of an idea because it just gives me, gives me a way to, to make it a little bit better. Um, but so again, Howard, social media, those, those fuckers, um, they have everything happening so quickly yeah. that none of these kids have ever learned how to tinker. I mean, and, and they're also from a disposable, their, their, their generation is, is a disposable generation. So they just think if I can't fix this, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go get something new. And no, I feel so bad for this generation. I mean, my son as much as I stress about him, like he's out golfing and and there's no sport in the world that involves more tinkering than golf. So if he didn't have golf, I'd be, I'd be the saddest dad because you know, every other sports, there's very little tinkering in the world. It's very much, um, even podcasting, no tinkering. It's just get on the air and blah, 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 right? Like it's not, right. it's not focused on the, like Knut and I had to get, I said, let's get the Jaws music and let's, like I wouldn't know how to do any of that stuff. <laughs> and I think, I think, no, this is a lesson for a lot of people. It's like, it's okay to just open up Facebook and barf, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's better to just not barf. And a lot of people have chosen to start doing this and just listen and be a little more patient and take your time. This is what you can do in a crash is take your time. Like a, people email me on day, they say, ready to buy yet. I go, what are you fucking, what's, why is today the yeah, day? Yeah, what, what happened today, right? Yeah, why is today the day? Like you should be grateful the market's down. Now you can take your time and not be like everybody else and pick your spot. So I think that's where you go to me. And that's my financial brand is like people slow down. Right? Well, your creativity comes with looking at it 
from an opposite angle. You're you're the you know you're the reporter that where the crowd of reporters are. You're going to go to the back and look at something that way because yeah. it'll give you not only a a visual difference, but it, you'll find something that that big that gaggle of lemmings won't find. Mm-hmm. And that's that's sort of that's an area I live in where clients come to me. They think they really have all the answers and they want me to execute it. And and that's just that's just not the right way to look at it. Um, we we do a lot of planning, but the execution part is really that's the details. That's where you tinker, and that's where you make things great. And so, what? What? So, did you know at a young age you're going to be on the marketing side? Um, yeah, I've always I've always been an artist and musician. And when when I was in high school back in Pittsburgh, uh, one of my teachers told me that I had a I had a knack for persuading people with my words. And I remember I wrote it in one of my journals thinking like, well, that's, that's what advertising is, is persuasion. It's not, it really is not much more than let me convince you why Apple is a great product or, you know, any, any of those. So I I knew even in high school that this was something I could do pretty well. So that teacher kind of was responsible for helping you. The, uh, and then where'd you go to college? I went to the University of Pittsburgh and I was a graphic design um, communication arts major. And University of Pittsburgh had a great relationship before, with, before computers. What did graphic design mean back then? Oh, really? Drawing. drawing. I mean, every everybody in our industry can still draw oh, if okay. they're over fifty. You know, okay. anybody. When a twenty-year-old, like when you hire a twenty-five-year-old, do they draw, or do they just go right to CAD or the or right to Adobe? I have um, my my um, team of five creative people. Two of them are excellent, excellent artists. They they can draw anything. Okay, the other three it. are kind of designer, computer artists. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all but they all share. I mean, one of the things that is an advantage for the millennials is that I'm looking for people that know a little bit about a lot of things, as opposed to an expert in you know um, just programming or developing or something like that. So we're constantly bringing people in that have that are multi-talented, even though they're only a couple inches deep, but they're multi-talented and then they can wear different hats. That's, yeah. that's the, the model of today. Yeah. That's why Knut's jujitsu. He can, he's like MacGyver of digital. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You gotta have, you well, gotta have someone with you. Like we're that. only two people. So I, I think we get a lot done. I, I like diving deep and time. tinkering with things. Of course, you, you know, do. like you're a so. magician at this stuff. Because I couldn't, I wouldn't have done this. Like, like this. He set up a room here. You saw it already when you came here. He turned yeah. my old bedroom into a studio with like sound and padding and, and like all through IKEA. You did it. Well, that and lots of different places. I think we had it up Amazon, from, from the day we talked about it till we did the first podcast. It was like no two took, weeks. No, it took six days. Six days. Yeah. Well, well, but moving <laughs> Ellen out was the hardest part. <laughs> The uh, so but you had a mission. It sounds like you had, had a oh, fucking had a mission, mission. and exactly. I've done it. But here's the problem: I've done this three times in my life, where I made Tom pay, and we got a studio somewhere, and then we move. And I never had. Tom's always been very patient because he knows I'm creative. But what does he? What does you know? Tom doesn't want to help. He just knows that I'm creative. But without the the third peg, which is Canute, this this can't happen. And right. obviously I can get the guests on, people want to come on and I can converse with people, but I don't think it's worth doing unless you try and do it right, which is the way I did Wall Street in the day. I was like, okay, it's easy to do a cat video on YouTube, but like, you know, and I'm not Larry David, but I'm going to do the first video show um, that has a little bit of style and pizzazz. We won't spend a hundred grand an episode, but we won't spend a dollar. We'll spend right. three grand. And stock Twitch TV, not to forget. Uh, we were ahead of the curb there. We just yeah. ran, we were just early. Online streaming. Yeah. We just didn't have the technology to help us. We had the content because we had the audience. So how do you, when does a company now come to, the, the firm today is called Moses, but what, how does the company, how, who do you work with? Well, we work with clients as big as Nintendo and U.S. Airways and Airs and Office of Tourism and, and a bunch of startups. There's a number of, one of the reasons why I connected with you, Howard, is because I kept looking at investors that were getting involved in startups. And every time I looked at, one of the uh, performers, the graphics, the visuals Sucked. were just horrible. Horrible. And no taglines, no colors, yeah. right? No thoughts. No one thinks through the brand. No one really has said this is the personality of the brand. And if it was a person, it was like, you know, all the kind of basic things you go through in branding, they just yeah. immediately went to market. We posted, you know, we put a landing page up and then we did this. And so those kind of clients get referred to us all the time. And my problem, because I'm just so horrible with money, is I can't figure out a way to charge them yes. so they can That's afford been your to model do it. like lawyers. It's just been a disconnect. This is what I had the conversation about. If only you and I understood each other well enough to create a model where everybody could make a little money. 
you know, and yes. it wasn't billing mm-hmm. by the hour. The, what, what's always held me back and made me scared of calling people like you was like, fuck, this is going to be a marathon. There's right. so much upfront cost. Uh, are we really committed as a company? And that's when we, and you, you broke the barriers down. I mean, there's never been someone, or I'm sure there are, you probably know them, but for the fact is a VC will come into a company and say, here's a million dollars or here's half a million dollars. You've got your domain name, go, go as fast as you can. No one says, right. Hey, have we really thought, is that the right name for this company? And why'd you name it? And what are the colors? Cause like with Stocktwits, it was like, okay, I want to pay $6 for the domain, um, but surf and go daddy. And then, uh, okay, McDonald's is yellow and, and uh, Rob, you know my marketing you, friend, is, is yellow and red. It worked well for McDonald's, so it, that's it what Stockwitz's first colors were. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I saved 20 grand. But really, well, it but cost me really millions because I didn't yeah. really fucking like it. Yeah. Well, it, I, as an example, a startup came to me. Um, gave, I gave him an estimate. The estimate was around $10,000. He said, I can get 99 logos for $99 online. And I said, well, go do that then because yeah. you, you came to the wrong guy. Because, yeah. um, you know, there's agencies charging 150000 for no, branding. I and am now, mine's 10 or 15. I just told you, like, I am now, if we're leading a deal, it's like you're, you're going to just spend a couple brand days. Like, hey, you may not, if you want us as your partner, this is going to be a new feature of us. If you want us as your partner in 2020, spend some time with a couple firms, uh, you know, and, and invest in that. It's like a coach. All these kids want like fucking psychiatric coaches. I think, great, you should get a coach. But fucking pick, take your time at the beginning and get the colors and the brand, something you're proud of every day. They don't think to like do that. This. Well, I'm saying because yeah. VCs don't think like that. Well, they don't either, but I mean, they're so product-oriented that they so forget product about the communication oriented. of this. So like, we'll go well, to and Facebook and to we'll be buy really our doppelgangers. So, so uh, I, found, I found most um, VCs to be condescending. And they're, they're like, you know, they have to prove to me that, that yeah, I couldn't sit at your, ta- your cool kid's table in high school, but now I'm running everything because I got the money. And yeah, that, it's not that, all like that. I think it's actually <laughs> just, it's just about money. And it, and it's just, it hasn't been, I think if you, no, so this is where I think you're wrong. I just think that's not what they, something they've ever, it's been a brute forcing thing for them. It's digital, it's global, there's math, there's uh, virality, and and Facebook's delivered the global audience. And as long as you know who your customer is, you just go buy them. Um, so so w- you, I won't fault them for that. I think this, this is why I want to talk to you. I think this next era and, and we're seeing it with companies in our portfolio, like Robinhood and Manscaped, the good and the bad, and, uh-huh. and Stockwitz, who, like myself, is like ha- unhappy personally with how I thought about it in the beginning, is like, guys, let's let's remember that this is going to be a ten-year thing. We want to live with this for ten years. Let's get this right. What ten grand's cheap? I was standing in line at the grocery store with my mask and my rubber gloves. Uh-huh. last week and the person in front of me had a Phoenician t-shirt on and I designed the original Phoenician logo in 1988 or something and I stood in line and I thought it, it really warmed my heart even though I don't get any money yeah. from it anymore that that brand that little circle of, of a little Phoenix bug has lasted since 1988. Oh and I think of Phoenix I think of the Phoenician because that was my favorite hotel when I came here it was the center of town at the time center of New Scottsdale and that was when that was almost North Scottsdale Camelback. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I guess Shea was North Scottsdale, but. Um, right. You know, Keating put the mailbox. Keating. Everything about Phoenician was great. Yeah. Fucking criminals involved, Canadians. <laughs> it was like fucking Arabs. It's like, who hasn't been involved? I'm the only guy who hasn't right. been involved. I loved the golf course. The location was phenomenal. I see a reality fucking, show coming out of this. It was the first five-star yeah. place that I had. You know what I mean? It was fucking oh, yeah. everything. The water Over slide. Over the top. Marble and everything. Everything. Yeah, every- what it was it at the time? China. Half a million a room, like forty years ago. Yeah, exactly. He's, Keating just—that was his. He was like the Trump of Phoenix. Yeah, and his wife Mar- Mary Ellen would always buy art. They'd put it up in the place, and then we would come in and and figure out why it doesn't fit the brand, and then we'd switch it out. And it's like millions of dollars of art. But good she just taste. Went it was always yeah. pretty good taste. It was a yeah, beautiful place. Yeah. The lines on that place were always spectacular. Well, that's that's the example I give people of a logo that has some staying power because that was, um, you know, that could have easily gone the wrong way, and it's it's hung on for a long time. I mean, I feel like that about GCU. We came up with uh, Find Your Purpose ten years ago, and um, that becomes the basis for their creative platform for every single thing they do in the university. Find Your Purpose is part of it. 
Yeah, that's Grand that, Canyon. Th- yeah, that's, and so, and that's how it, that's how a theme line works. So for my audience, let's let's just talk startups. So what should a startup do today? What is it really? Are there enough people like you? Obviously, I'm going to recommend you, but because I want to, you know, have my companies brainstorm with you. But um, what does a new firm look like? What is what is a, a new firm that startups and VCs look like? that they should really consider and if not used in somebody, what they should be demanding from a creative crew. Well, what, what we end up doing almost in every one of our sessions, one of our, our therapy <clears throat> sessions mm-hmm. is we, we get them to remember why they started it. What was the motivator, what the influences were um, and being able, some, some uh, startups are smart enough that they can put that together. Most of them, I'd say 80% of the ones we talk to, go, well, you know, we just, we just thought there was a, a place in the market for this, or we just, you know, yeah, my, wedge my, in, we're going to wedge in. Yeah, we're right. We're going to, they don't think about taking over market share, creating new market share. They don't understand about profiling their customers. They don't. And so those questions, just like you said about what's the name of the company, how many times I've sat in this conference room and said to somebody, are you sold on the name? Can we at least hmm. explore? And they go, absolutely. No, we got the URL and we got t-shirts mm-hmm. and we got like, well, Take your T-shirts and your URL and think about 10 years from now. So what we end up doing with, without, you know, without um, offending them, but, it, but sort of tapping into what, where, the, where the brand personality started. Like what, where'd that grow? I mean, we all know the stories of Nike and Apple and mm-hmm. Microsoft and how they all started in garages and things like that. Well, that really is a valuable asset to have that history. Mm-hmm. And especially now, I mean, having especially you know, now, I, even the Nike story, it wasn't it was the swoosh came later and the swoosh was a friend uh, design. It was actually an art or a designer. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So there's a, there's a lot of those stories. I used to work with Ben and Jerry's and and Ben and Jerry's had this story that on opening day, they didn't have all their equipment. So they had to hand chop up all of their candies and put it in the thing. And so when they finally got the chopper. People that were coming in said, hey, we came in here because it had big chunks of Snickers in it. What happened? And they go, well, we finally got this in. They went back to just chopping them up because that was their brand personality is big chunks of candy and ice cream. Uh, And who's doing a good job today? What brands today? And we'll come back to stars. What brands today are just... They, you know, because you're you're a fan of brands, I imagine. Like I, oh, I'm a yeah, fan of yeah. brands. So, so to I'm, me, you know, iconic. I, I think Apple. I think Apple's still, still doing a great job. You know. And what's ironic is that I've had problems with it, and I'm much more forgiving because Apple belongs to me. Right. You know, Jag Jaguar is another example. Everyone that you know has a Jaguar has problems with it. Um, but it, I'm or I'm Range Rover, to, I guess. Yeah, so I'm tied to that brand. Mm-hmm. Um, Nike does a good job. Target is doing a great job right now because Target. Mm has taken a tone of we're going to work really hard to get you the supplies you need. And which I think is a perfect place timing to, to yeah. do it. Yeah. Perfect timing. And they're talking about their heritage and their expertise, but also reliability. You know, think about even just standing in line waiting for your, your paper towels. Um, you think like, well, Safeway going to have paper towels tomorrow. Should I go get four rolls? And you know, the, the trust factor and the heritage and the expertise is really, really saving some people's asses right now. And I think Target's doing a great job. American Express also is a brand I think does a good job. Mm-hmm. And so that's what gets you excited, right? Just seeing people that do it well? Oh, yeah. And it's usually, it's so few and far between. And it's not just the big companies. I mean, there's there's a lot of little companies doing it well, too. Um, you know, Fox Restaurants before yeah, Cheesecake Yeah, great Factory. timing of selling that. Woo. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, and so when a, a brand comes to you now or a startup, it's 10 grand and, and, how do, and what do they get? Well, we do a branding session mm-hmm. and we, we, um, we finish it with a creative brief. So what comes out of the session is a creative brief that basically gives you some tips, some clues on where your brand needs to live. Like where is it living in a new space? Is it living in an existing space? Is it offering something that no one else is? What's its unique selling proposition? So it, it kind of addresses all those and gives gives the client our opinion on what to do next, how to move forward. And what do you, as a firm, so that's your focus on creativity, not like doing the ad buys and the media buys. No, we do that too. Stuff. Oh, yeah. you do it yeah, too. That's, yeah, so, so we, have, we have the half of the agency or more or less half of the agency is the front end, the creative, the concepts, and the other half is the execution. They, they um, trade places sometimes, and a lot of times the execution people will come up with really good ideas, but we don't go to that well too often because technology shouldn't drive a concept. 
definitely with a startup. Um, and it's hard to shake them loose of that because they want 99 logos for $99. They think that there's a gem in there. And frankly, I'm sure people have had good success with oh, that yeah. kind of website, you know? Yeah. At scale, it works. But yeah, they, exactly. they may not know that what, what logo is best for them. You guys do. Well, of course they don't. So they should still do the session and then go surf. They should still do the session and then go surf for the 99 logo. You know what I mean? Like, you know, at least know who you are. Yeah. Well, Howard, it's it's very it's very simple in a in a if you in a perfect world if you say what's your best client? My best client is someone who believes in branding. You know, there's Mm -hmm. there's atheists, there's agnostics, and there's believers. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to convince either an an atheist or an agnostic to believe in branding. So if I have the best client I can have is someone who believes in marketing because it takes some faith. And you, you probably have this too. I don't know anything about the stock market, but you probably have some of those things too that you see where the emotion drives it. And maybe, maybe the, um, the direction we're taking um, has, to be, has to be believed before it actually will work. You know how that works with companies where the, the leaders believe something's going to happen and, and it does become true. Yeah, no, I know. I, I see this good and bad. Like I see Manscaped, which is the most creative, silly, irreverent, smart, ball-busting, um, brave, three-year-old brand. Knows who they are. Knew it from the day he came up with the domain. Knows it with his copy. Knows it with his... He's just instinctually been brand from the beginning. But obviously many failures along the way. But now that he's got it right, he's so confident about just sticking to the brand. And then I look at Robinhood. Well, I'll look at StockTwits and go, like, we fucked it up from the beginning. Meaning the brand comes through. We're irreverent and, you know, uh, honest and and, uh, fun. Uh, But we don't, you know, it's lost in the design and in the, you know, it comes through in the voice and in how we treat our users, but it's lost in the design and, um the logo and the, you know what I mean? Cause I didn't right. take the time mm-hmm. at the beginning and then 10 years goes by and then there's Robin hood, which did a great job with getting the domain and everything, but they're so big without spending any money on marketing. Cause they didn't have to. Now they're so big. They go like, who are we? Like, how, you know what I mean? And I look at their, tough, I looked yeah. at their TV commercials and I was kind of like, Ugh, I think it could have been so much better, but yeah. it's not even their fault because they never had to do marketing until year seven. Yeah, and and they're they're really benefiting by either word of mouth or or somebody. Yeah, they never had a care. Now that they're doing ads, who are they advertising for? They're probably in a million meetings going, well, we don't want to offend that group. And I can imagine that marketing meeting where they should just be like, hey, we started this brand. You know what I mean? It should just be them talking about like Chuck Schwab, Mm -hmm. how they started the brand. And I'm sorry, it's so big, but this is who we are. And we're about, you know what I mean? Instead, they they got some guy on a bus playing with the app. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But that's the biggest killer to creativity. The fact that who we can't offend these. They're so big. That is the biggest killer. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's going to offend somebody. It's got to offend somebody. Or it just got to go back to the roots and go, guys, sorry we're big, but this is why we started it. And tell the story. It's not even really funny until you offend That would be authentic if they came on the air and said, listen, I don't know if this is legal or not. Just like Chuck Schwab and say, here here are the two of us. We got long hair, but you shouldn't judge us. Uh, we're Stanford guys. Please don't judge us. Uh, we started this thing because we failed. You know what I mean? We failed at the, at the, at the high frequency stuff. But when we were high frequency trading, we learned that, Hey, we could get commissions down to zero for everybody else. And, you know, sorry, it's a phenomenon and I know it's not going to please everybody, but this is really why we started it. And then, then, then you have your brand back. Then you have your brand back. Consumers love honesty, and that's if you're authentic, you're going to talk about the good with the bad, mm-hmm. and even even within a social media world, Absolutely. you want you want some of the um, comments and some of the criticisms to be on the page because if you had you know if I'm looking at a hotel and there's nothing but good reviews, I know that they've dumped all the bad reviews, yeah. and the public wants to see some bad reviews, which is hard to convince clients. Like leave it alone, let it organically build. Let it organically build. I used to freak know, out and see what's and, happening. And, and then I was like, "Ha! Huh, if it's a good product, people will leave enough good reviews. It'll it'll work." You gotta kind well, of and sometimes the they can defend your. If someone has a criticism of your brand, and they go online and they decide to have you know computer muscles, there's going to be somebody out there that says, "You know what? You're wrong. I've used this product, or I, I use this service, yeah. and it's excellent." So, yeah. and that's better than me doing it as the brand ambassador. It's much better for a stranger to do it. So, why are bullies so popular? What's their brand? How did Trump uh, do it? 
I don't know. <laughs> well, he's a brand. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's a liar. I don't. I think I think that too often we compare, um, especially especially. No, I don't want to talk politics. I'm just talking brand. I'm just yeah, saying. Well, like, I, fuck, I think he's a horrible everywhere. brander. I mean, you know, the stakes didn't work. The the air, airport didn't work. I mean, none, none right. of his his school didn't work. I mean, he's he's built most of it on lies. And when you talk about authenticity, um, you can't really win with the public if you're if you're constantly playing a shell game. Um, and I think I think those lies catch up to you. But I, he did I, we win. Never, so what is that um, teaching us from a marketing perspective? Um, that this town needs an enema. <laughs> You know, it'd, be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if we could start hey, over. That's and a tagline. Stock twist. You need, you need really an enema. Our customers need an enema. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I think that's a win. I love that. That was free. Basically, <laughs> that was free. That's a branding. great tagline. <laughs> it's not us. It's you. You get the enema. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. I think that's exactly what it is. Like this bullying is a sign of us just being wimps. We just got wimped. We just got duped. Right. I think that's why people are so upset. And and then well, the and branding on the left or wherever we're going to call it is equally as bad. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't, I mean, it's worse. I, I wouldn't support any polit. You know, we've, we've been approached by so many different um, political campaigns to help do marketing for them. And I just refuse. I just, I, even How the ones I kind of believe. Yeah. I, yeah right. I, it, unless eventually unless they're going to lie. Go, they're basically yeah, you're going to be exactly. putting your name on a lie. Yeah. 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 I met Ducey within five minutes. He had lied and everybody right. loves him. And, yeah, and he wanted that the the town hall that he had last night. He pushed to it. have that. Um, and, and so what every, happened? Did he blow it? Was it a mess? Well, just like you said, he said one thing and then he went back. Dude, and I met him like a year and a half ago. He's like, and it was like pro Uber, pro Uber, and then like a day later, you know, there was that Uber death, and then like front page of Arizona Republic. I'm cutting Uber. Like I just sat yeah. in a fucking meeting with you. It's like no matter what Uber does, you know what I mean? I'm yeah, like, I can't yeah, that's get how into he politics. is. And that's how all politicians are. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I don't have any love lost for the, yeah. the Democrats either, even no. though I'm a card-carrying Democrat. Yeah. Um, and they keep asking me to help. And I, I can't, with a clear conscience, do it if they're going to fill the airways with lies. And that's yeah. they, they, they have the ability to do that. doesn't mean they should, but they can. Mm -hmm. And I just can't be a part of that. Yeah, it's a really tough time. And that's why I think good branding now is more important than ever. Because so when coming out of this recession, depression, whatever we're going to call it, uh, cancer uh, crisis, yeah, right. how does if you're starting a company today, right? It's the advice if your kids were starting a company today, um, what do you what do you think? Well, I think that telling the public, telling the consumer why this product exists, why this service exists is really how you begin the story. You don't start with, you need this. Because if someone says to me, hey, you know what, you need this, I'm going to say, well, what does it do? And how much is it? And, you know, whereas if the, if the branding story is done properly, you, you build this with, you know, in 1997, Zach Moses started this little business. He decided he, you know, and so you can build a story around it and give it some, not only some um, heritage, but also have a way to weave in expertise. And if you, if you if you get that early on with a with a, a company, and and take away what's going on right now because this is such a weird, mm -hmm. almost you know panic crazy. But but when that settles and and people are going to be different, I I totally agree with the talking heads that say look we're going to be different when we come out of this. But we're still going to need to sell stuff. We're still going to need to market. We're going to need to creativity is still going to lead the way. So making sure it's authentic and truthful and and honest and and true to the brand um that's those are those are the pieces of advice i'd give a young person starting a business and what about spending what should uh you know how does a startup manage all this do you think well i think that there's some opportunity with um equity mm -hmm. i mean we, we we've we've done it a few times and we were zero for three but as a blackjack player, no, I know, I know one of our friends did it with uh, Mark Muscatter with his vape company, and it did great. Santi does it, so oh yeah, yeah. okay. So, so, so there are smart possible. people that do that. Yeah, there's a way to do that. Um, you know, budgeting and not looking at it as an expense, but looking at it as an investment. You know, mm -hmm. that first line item that says advertising. When people start cutting, they look at that first line item, and there's a big number, and they go, "Let's get rid of advertising." We can just do it. Typical, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. in a downturn. You Boom. sound upset, yeah. Canute. I am. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's very, it's very right, though. I mean, the first thing well, that PR is, is the first thing I yell at any team. I'm like, bullshit. In a world today, 
unless you have a crisis, spend it on something else. Like, yeah. you know, spend it on marketing. Spend, don't send it on someone writing a press release for you. You, yeah, you hire somebody internally to write. The, the writing in this country is atrocious. Oh, it's horrible. I agree with you. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's going back to rewriting. I mean, I, I feel like I rewrite everything that I write. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think what we're reading out there has even been reread oh, once. It's pathetic. Can't believe you the know? copy I read out there. Yeah. And um, so writing, uh, but I agree with you. They got to think of advertising as an investment. And I think that's yes. just that's just on the advertising agency side. They got to do a better job of marketing that. Well, and that's why I'm look Howard. I'm looking for clients that are believers and somebody that comes to us and says, you know, we're not. It's not working out with our agency in California. We want to find somebody new, but we really, really want to push market share. We want to, we want to take it away from this guy. And we, you know, so that's a believer that they know they can make make the needle move with marketing. And that's that's when I have the best time. All right, and then Canute, any other questions? You're very highly decorated uh, advertising man, I've, as I understand. You have uh, you have lots of Clios and other kinds of awards, and I know that doesn't mean much to people out there, but it's uh, it's uh, it's like the World Championships of uh, of advertising. Clio is is an award out of uh, San Francisco. It's an international award for all kinds of things: print, uh, film, and now digital media, and all kinds of other things as well. Is that right, uh, Louis? Yeah, and, and um, the Clios are, are always always um the last award show of the year they're kind of like the oscars mm -hmm. and so after every everything's won other things the real test is if it can win a clio because it's judged in 17 countries and five or wow. six different languages and all that kind of stuff so the clio has a, a really special place in the award show but i would say that the people who like the awards and need the awards are my creative people i think mm -hmm. you know we don't get to sign our ads so they, they want to create stuff and have people know, look, I did that. I wrote that line or I took this photo or, um, so it's, it's, it's critically important for us to be in there because it's a, you know, it's, it's a, a tip of the hat from their peers that, Hey, this is clever. We like this. And that, that motivates them to do better. Is copy more important than logo or it's just different? It's just different. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of ways to tell the story. Sometimes you might want to just tell it visually and not, not write one word. Other times like David Ogilvy would write long paragraphs of copy to sell a Rolls Royce or, or, or one of his luxury products. And it worked that way. And so you do you, this panic, how, like you're not in the market, you don't care. Well, I mean, you may have investments, but, uh, you know, being someone who's completely out of my industry, how does the panic play out in your industry and, and what are you seeing and feeling? Well, I think that the, the total shutdown last week was surprising to me all of our clients said, hey, we just want to take a pause. We just want, you know, we might write oh, off this year. Oh, all the clients were just saying yeah. that? Okay. All of our clients were looking at that first line item that says marketing or advertising. Um, and so that was mm. a surprise to me that, that across the board, um, we've had zero revenue for the last 10 days. God. And that's, that's never happened. Even in 9-11, things slowed down and then came back up. Um, and it was a definite like point in time. I think because we don't know how long the virus and we also don't know how many more unemployment people and, you know, we don't, we don't have a definite um, way out because we don't know these stepping stones along the way. Got it. Um, and that's why clients, some of our clients have said, let's just look at 2021 oh. is our, our year. And, you know, I mean, it's I, I look at April. that as my opportunity. I'm, my antenna are up. But that's what ahead. I was going to say. This is no, the opportunity. Well, not for him. I'm saying for me yeah, and our I mean, successful companies. For advertisers, now yeah. that it's quiet, this is a great opportunity. Well, right. he's stressing running a business. I'm saying it's a great time for brands that have money to reinvest in their in their branding is what you're saying. But you well, got to gotta convince people to spend when they're cutting their employees. That's in bad taste in some ways. Well, and, and, and the, yeah. so the people that are doing it, like Toyota has a spot running right now that's beautiful music and beautiful pictures, and it ends with, we're here for you when you need us. And I thought, it was such a wimpy way out of it. I mean, I feel like going to a Toyota dealership and asking them for rolls of toilet paper. Like, here's how you can help me. Like, you're a car company. I, I, don't, I don't really buy them saying, we're here to help. It's, it feels real self-serving. Very interesting. little on a, not very authentic. Yeah, very not very authentic. So right. what happens there? What what breaks down? Because who signs off on that at a company as big as Toyota? Well, Knut said it, and, and that's like somebody was offended by all the clever ideas and said, let's not offend anybody, and you end up with pablum when you do that, and you end up with the most boring. And I think being boring is worse than being bad. Yeah, good you know, like, would have been, we've got less COVID than anybody in the world by yeah, Japan. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right? Yeah. I mean, it would have offended I'm, a lot of people. But fuck, you're I'm all a laughing. Fan of some really bad Dude, I should be an advertiser. You should. You should be. Everybody yeah. tells me that. <laughs> yeah. I would be, I mean, half of my brands would fail right away. What the fuck am buying that shit? The fuck wrote that? But the few of them would take off. The, uh, yeah. I think it's going to become so much more important in this new world. And I'm so excited to have a friend in the industry. I had other friends, but I always was like, to me, it's like lawyers. I was always scared to talk to them because I'm like, and in the old world, I had to deal with packaging with my first company, The Grip and Mark Scattered. We had so, you know, retail packaging and this and printing and logos and, and whew, for digital, it's so easy. It's such a, this is why I'm pissed about our industry. It's so fucking easy. To, it should to be. spend yeah. the time you're not dealing with anything you don't have to deal with instruction manuals and boxes and fucking shipping and like uh you know what well, i mean and we, lo we love this shit we like to overthink it we like to you know send notes and links at 2 a.m and i mean so we're constantly working on this stuff why just just like you said with the lawyers why why can't you find somebody to partner with that you know has your back and is going to look out for your brand not just look out for the the money yeah. and that's i mean that's that's why we get so many new clients is because we, we go after things that we like. We, we like mod pizza. We went and got mod pizza. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we like Nintendo. So we, uh, the Wii. So we went and we got Nintendo as a client. So you work on things that you love and the client benefits from that. I mean, there's, there's nothing, there's no downside to having a team of 15 people thinking about your brand 24 seven. No. What? So how do people get a hold of you? Oh, I don't want calling me. I want people to stop <laughs> calling me. Our, our website is pretty easy. We have a lot of social media, but MosesInc.com. Oh, that's a, a good name. Working. Yep. MosesInc.com. Can you see if you can get that yeah. stuff forwarded to me? I will. Any, 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 any traffic from that should go to me. <laughs> any for, traffic. For yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. The, um, and then you have kids yourself. Yeah, I have a 24-year-old and a 21-year-old. Are they into, the, into marketing? Two boys. No? My oldest, Zach, is in Seattle, and he's, um, he has a band. But he does graphic design, so his freelance business cool. and his band are going great. And then your younger son? Max is, uh, he's in his final year. I don't know if it's really the final year of ASU now, but um, I guess junior. Yeah, my daughter um, too, this last yeah. year. So, so he's a junior. He's going to be, yeah, he's going to be a senior when they come back in the fall. And what's he doing? He's, um, interestingly enough, he's taken a liking to the developing and programming part of of the industry, which is really, there's, there's always going to be a need for, um, yeah, American that's the one language based. that uh, you can't lose. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really happy that, that he's found that. And he's, he seems just like Zach seems to be very passionate about what they do. And I think, I think that that's one of the, one of the good strengths I gave them is to, is to do what you're doing because you love it. And hopefully somebody will pay you for it. Some of the other way around. This is the lie. The parents did wrong. Yeah, was, I, I grew up, you had to be a lawyer, doctor, accountant, Jewish neighborhood in Toronto, upper middle class. And it was so much pressure, even though it was unsaid. You just, that was, yeah. a, there was no entrepreneurship in Toronto. You were like a lawyer, doctor, accountant. And, and I hated it. I, and so I left. It was scary, but I left to come to Arizona and I went to ASU, which is uh, sun, biking, speedos. Yeah. It's a little right. different. And I met yeah. Canute and obviously I did better than Canute. <laughs> so obviously well, he met you he he's making okay. my show it's not the other way around you got something to say yeah. there no I'm, I'm just gonna keep quiet on that one. <laughs> so what i'm saying judge. is today like with my son and my wife and i fight about this all the time is like man i just like they're so stressed about nothing like i had yeah. real stress because i only had three choices because you know when i was a little kid you had okay you threw a furth and you could be a furrier well, but or think or about Delhi. Those are like the think, five think things of, you could be in Canada. Yeah, but but think about this. Um, you and I have seen our privacy taken away. Our kids grew up in a world that they had really no privacy. I, I mean, they were share, as soon as they could click send, they were sending photos and sharing the idea. So we feel like something's been taken away from us. Whereas my boys are like, Dad, I, I mean. Obviously, they know to protect their social security number, but but just you know where I live and how tall I am or what my favorite shirt is. I mean, I he doesn't mind sharing all that stuff. Whereas you and I kind of you know curdle a little bit, thinking like, eh, it's another piece of me I don't have. Well, yeah. they don't have that. Yeah, I'm the opposite though. I grew up where I think my dad was pretty secretive, quiet, didn't like that stuff. So I'm like share everything. Oh, good. Yeah, 
I think that's work. I mean, share everything, but I, I don't have that many skeletons. Everybody has skeletons. My skeletons are like, all right, you got me. Uh, I'm not going to lie about it. Um, so I'll just move forward. You know, yeah. I kind of yeah. understand that you can't, you either are on the web and you're, you're off. There's no in between. You're going to get caught if you're in between. I mean, that's right. what works for Trump. It's like he just buries you in more shit and doesn't look backwards. And you're right about his brand. You're right. It is worthless. But, but because he's just constantly barraging you with bullshit, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday because he's got something yeah. new coming for you today. And I don't think the, the other side's figured out how to deal with that. Uh, and they're running all over the place. And he's just a, a fucking locomotive of shit. And it's a strategy. So not, maybe he no, doesn't have a good you, brand, but he has a hell of a fucking strategy. But you answered your question about what about the bullying, because all of that goes back to being a loudmouth, being, you know, interrupting people. And, it didn't work and, until the last five, six years. For Trump, you mean? It didn't work for anybody. How many yeah, loudmouth people? In the U.S., it didn't work. He was a bankrupt But we had to get fuck. an extreme case. I mean, we had yeah. to get a real extreme case. And, and I would say that we can't go any more extreme than that guy. We can't. So. I'm really, like, the system is stressed. I know that the people who vote for him just don't get it, in my opinion. I, I fully respect them. They can have their decision, but they really yes. don't see it. They really don't understand that it's a I dangerous totally agree locomotive. With you. Yeah, it is. And there's nothing and giving that. people permission to do that. I mean, you don't, you don't want people in the streets, you know, with their rifles and storming the gate. You don't want that. And he seems to be promoting that, so... Yeah. So anyways, so the two, and okay. then what instrument do you play? I play the drums and I still have a little rock and roll garage band that we play once in a while at the rock bar in yeah. Scottsdale, but it's, it's fun. It's a, it's another one of those outlets, you know, as a, an old creative guy, I got to find all sorts of different outlets to keep me entertained. So. And what's your music app of choice? My music of choice app, is probably app, music app. Are you Spotify or Apple or everything? Oh, I'm, I'm Spotify and Apple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You do everything. And then yeah. classic rock. Classic rock, yeah, and jazz. I used to play big band jazz. You, you probably don't remember a guy named Maynard Ferguson, trumpet player. Hmm. He was from um, Canada. Sounds he Jewish. Had a big, Jewish. He had a big, yeah, he had a big band when <laughs> I, I was growing know. up in Pittsburgh. <laughs> if he was Maynard Ferguson Vitz, I would know him. Maybe he dropped the Vitz. Is he Polish? <laughs> he, no, may, he, so, may have, yeah. No, yeah uh, he may have, yeah. No. So I am a music fanatic, but uh, I'm stuck on classic rock. And, yep, it's, uh, a little it's bit the of most jazz. fun to play, too. Well, it's, jazz it is, is hard to play. It's very hard but, to play. It's easy to listen to, but I find myself too impatient to stay with yeah, jazz. Right. Uh-huh. That makes sense. And what does your son play? My son plays the drums, guitar, and he sings. He's written all the music in his band. Fuck. And they're called the Shimmer Traps. And, um, What's that based you on? Know, um, it's weird. He said that he came up with the name. Traps is another, ver another um, word for drum set. Oh. So sometimes setting up your drum kit, you'll say, I'm going to put the traps over here. Mm -hmm. And Shimmer, because he thought that they're going to, they're doing this, um, this type of music that's, that's called um, dream pop. Mm. Dream pop is really, it's up, it's positive, it's, it's major chords, not minor chords. It's really, it's, it's easy to listen to and, and do something else. And so he thought Shimmer run, went along with that. Hmm. I was lucky as a kid in Canada and Neil Peart. So who, is, who got you into drumming? Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. Absolutely. Got yeah. It. And still to this day, I listen to Buddy Rich and I think to myself, in my car, he's been gone since 1987. He's still fucking entertaining me. Oh, you know? I'm going to do some Buddy Rich. All right, Canute, you got any other questions? Uh, I'm going to let no, him go. I think we're going to... All right, I'm going to make you a regular. I think our startups, Great. as we uh, keep doing these, it's just I think we got to bang the drum on as we come out of this uh, pandemic. People are going to have to invest in, in their brands and, yes, and tell absolutely. stories to get above the noise and the screaming and the, and the, and the chaos that's going to continue. Well, um, there'll be some success stories that oh, we can use. Oh, you know, yeah. and, and some people are going to really thrive in this, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. But if you analyze how they got through it, I'm sure branding and marketing is going to be one, one big part of it. Huge. And people. Always people. Right. Okay. I okay, learned a Howard, lot. Thank you. It's fun talking to you. All right, my man. Have a good weekend. Take okay. Let, let me know when you want to do another one. I'm always ready. All right. Cheers. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, you did a good job getting a sound. I felt like we were sitting right next to each other. Yeah. Good it job. worked out really well. On this so, what's that? so what's the best this way? This is WhatsApp. All right, so people, so I think of, uh, it's amazing. Purely off of Wi-Fi, great Wi-Fi. Because he you, sounded great. He sounded great. And that wasn't even AirPods. That was just a plug-in No, headphone. that's straight. No, that's All straight right, for talking into your phone like that. Not even He was straight in. talking? Yes, best way to go. Okay. Well, you did a good job. Thank you.
No, he did. You're oh. just you're doing your job. Thanks, he anyways. did a good job. Thanks, thanks anyways. <laughs> All right, we'll be back <laughs> soon with another Panic with Friends. Hi, this is Knut. Just a quick message at the end here. As we all know, COVID-related supplies are so hard to find these days, not just for regular people, but also for the big buyers. Even state governments can't get their hands on PPE supplies, mostly because the federal government is outbidding them. I mean, that's crazy, right? Through my best buddy Stein back in Norway, I know of a large Chinese supplier of FDA-approved PPE gear that's ready to supply big quantities. So if you know someone or know of someone at the state level in need of critical PPE supplies, please have them email me at this address, covid.stein at gmail.com. That's C-O-V-I-D dot S-T-E-I-N at gmail.com. And I'll give him the contact info and list of available supplies. Just so you guys know, Panic With Friends is not making any money from this. This is purely a way for us to help put people in contact with each other. It's social leveraging at its best.